in those early days, just say yes to everything. So say yes, and then work out how you're going to make it happen afterwards. And I think that's the best, actually, never really thought about it as a piece of advice, but it's probably the best piece of advice I think you would give anyone starting in radio is just, if someone offers you something, say yes, and then work out how you're going to make it happen afterwards. One guest, 10 songs, 10 reasons. Music was my first love. On Radio Glamorgan. My guest on this edition of Music Was My First Love is a radio executive and broadcaster hosting The Breakfast Show and acting as operations director at the local community station for Barry Lantwit, Lantwit, Panath and surrounding areas, Bro Radio, where he's been since 2009. In his time as operations director since 2017, he has led Bro Radio to winning Station of the Year at the 2020 Community Radio Awards. In 2021, my guest received one of the first community radio honours for services to the sector and featured on the Radio Academy 30 Under 30 list. At Christmas 2021, Bro Radio broadcast several episodes of this series as part of their Christmas festive schedule series all right in my book. There is, however, a lot more to Nathan Spatman's career besides Bro Radio and we'll chat after his first choice, which is from Busted. That's what I go to school for. Nathan Spatman, welcome to Radio Glamorgan's Music Was My First Love. Thank you very much for having me. Appreciate you finding the time to sit down with me and chat. Tell me about your first choice, uh, what I go to school for from Busted. Yeah, so I found this a little bit difficult pick in songs, and I thought I'd go with something. Everyone always goes like a first album bought, a first thing they can remember. Mm-hmm. And I remember buying this, and I say album, but it was actually a cassette. I remember having it on a little cassette. Um, it was Busted and a couple of other songs on there as well. When they first came out, it's a little bit cheesy. It's one of those ones you probably don't really want to admit to, but I thought it was a, <laughs> it was a good one to start because things in prove from here i promise that were you uh, a lover of the radio medium from an early age uh, yeah surprise so i started thinking about this more recently because i didn't think i was and then i remember um being fairly young and with a friend of mine um having a little uh, radio player with a cassette where you could record the radio and then we would pretend because there's a little microphone on the front of it and we would pretend really that we were the radio presenters and i never really thought about that until recently because i never thought i massively was um you know i listened to a bit of radio like listening and and as i've thought about it and radio kind of became an accident later on the line thinking back realizing yeah actually there was a bit of love there i just didn't really think anything of it just a bit of fun as a kid really so do you know who on the occasions you were listening to radio you were listening to so being now area now i know most people i know from uh, my radio station now were big fans of real radio but i loved red dragon fm back in the day uh, there's a couple of presenters on there a couple of people i knew when i was kind of starting off as well who were uh, friends who were involved back in the day so it's kind of red dragon for me and a little bit of, of radio one as well tell me uh, about your second choice from eminem and the beautiful voice of dido yeah, a brilliant song. So this feels weirdly inappropriate a little bit from when I think about it, because I've said this is kind of a song I remember from my childhood. Uh, my dad lived in Western Supermare. He lived, worked in Cardiff, and he'd pick us up, and we'd drive over there every weekend. That's on a rush hour on a Friday, kind of an hour and a half journey. And he used to play us loads of songs, trying to introduce us to music. And being kind of 11, 12, probably being introduced to Eminem and some of the other songs on that album probably wasn't that appropriate. But I remember this one particularly. Um, and, yeah, it's still a really great song I'm listening, listening to now. Take it uh, with your love of radio that you've always been a music lover. Was there much music being played at home growing up? 
I mentioned there with the Eminem track a little bit, yeah. I remember quite a lot, and my dad was a massive fan. Take that first, but Robbie Williams, um, and listen to a ro- ro- lot of Robbie Williams albums. But music, I don't remember music much as that growing up, weirdly. Um, for me, I kind of fell into loving music as kind of a teenager, um, starting to go to uh, school, kind of 16, uh, 17, and going to college and stuff. That's kind of when music kind of was more of a bit of a discovery for me. Mm. Let's let's jump ahead a little bit. Um, was Bro your first foray into radio? It wasn't. So for me, it was Hospital Radio 2. Um, I started at Rookwood Sound um, back, it'd be 2007, 2008, maybe. Um, and that came off the back of listening to radio stations. It's funny, I, I got into radio from the basis of hearing someone on the radio on, on Red Dragon and thinking this person isn't that very good. I, I could probably do that a little bit better, um, which sounds a bit cocky now I think about that. <laughs> um, so I decided, so I had a conversation um, with a guy called Chris Bloomer, who at the time was um, doing breakfast at Nation Radio, which was based up the road from me when they were based at Culverhouse Cross. And he rang me um, before he did his breakfast show, which for a, a kid at that stage, a bit young, being woken up at um, pre-six o'clock in the morning by someone, but gave me some really, really good advice and said, you know, go and try a hostile radio station. This was kind of early days of community radio as well around this area. So I went in and, and went to Rookwood Sound, um, got involved there. And then that's kind of where a love of radio and music and, and speaking to people and telling people stories kind of started for me. Nickelback next, Nathan, and a track called Photograph. Tell us about this one. So that comes back to the playing radio station and playing radio a little bit. It was a song that for a period was everywhere. Um, on the radio and it was one of those songs i just remember uh, recording into and doing introductions for and yeah again it's one of those songs i still like listening to now so how in 2009 did pro radio come your way I was involved in the hospital radio station, as I mentioned, um, there at Rockwood Sound, and being fairly young and still being in college at the time, um, there wasn't much money around. So someone in the radio station said, oh, actually, my friend's opened a coffee shop. Do you want to get a job there? That's kind of how I left Rockwood Sound a little bit. And then that same person got involved in Bro Radio, and that's why I came over, just to have a little look. And that little look became... Uh, you're doing the drive show in 20 minutes time and then i've kind of been stuck there ever since a little bit um it was properly chucked in the deep end i'd only done some stuff on hostile radio i've done some playing around on internet radio stations at the time and then being told you're doing a drive show you've got travel to do here's the music get on with it kind of thing um and, and that's how the door opened and then like i said now where are we now 13 or so years down the line um still here it wasn't until uh, August 2017 that you first became interim operations manager and six months later uh, promoted to operations director. So between 2009 and 17, as you said, you were broadcasting, but were you were you learning about working behind the scenes? Yeah, so I think we've worked out before that pretty much between those two two times um at some point i've done every show on the radio station in some capacity um just saying yes to every single opportunity um and then at one point there was an opportunity i think where one of our salespeople moved on and there was an opportunity to fill a gap there so i got involved doing a bit of sales um wrote a couple of funding bids 
um, which were quite successful. One of those meant that it led to a job for me. And then it's kind of grown from there. And I've done more kind of management and working with volunteers and helping the station grow behind the scenes. And then when that opportunity came about in 2017, uh, when the previous manager left, it kind of felt like, well, it was the right, 100% the right thing to do and to be able to take the station forward since then as well. And I suppose one of the big lessons from what you've just said is is when you're starting out in radio, just say yes to everything. If you're asked to do this show, do that show, say yes and get that practice. 100%. So a couple of weeks ago, um, I held a conference in uh, Bedford, the UK Community Radio Network, and we had a couple of people speaking at that, um, some of which come from Bro Radio, um, a, a guy called Dan Moffat who's gone to the BBC, a presenter from Access Manchester and someone from Talk TV. And their thing was, in those, op- in those early days, just say yes to everything. So say yes and then work out how you're going to make it happen afterwards. And I think that's the best, actually, never really thought about it as a piece of advice, but it's probably the best piece of advice I think you would give anyone starting in radio is just if someone offers you something, say yes and then work out how you're going to make it happen mm. afterwards. Uh, you, you mentioned uh, about doing sales and you were sales manager for a time at Bro Radio. Can you explain what that entails in radio? Is it about selling advertising, or is there more to it than that? So a little. So it's very different, I suppose, from a community station point of view. Is although it is selling advertising to try and generate revenue to keep the radio station going. It's also a little bit about um, building relationships with businesses and. Um, creating that community, um, getting involved, speaking to businesses, seeing how you can help them in other ways. So ultimately, yes, it's about generating advertising, but also it's making sure that those people feel closely connected to you. Um, being a community radio station, we are so much closer to the community. So we want to make sure that everything works for everyone and we can do whatever we can to support business communities, um, particularly in recent years as well. You know, businesses have had a tough time up and down and cost of living crisis now and increased in fuel. So our thing as sales, even to this day, is about building relationships mm. and, and not focusing on quick wins and just trying to get someone to spend money with us it's about building a relationship and trying to um you know trying to support our community and support business as much as we can because if ultimately if they thrive then hopefully we can thrive too tell me about uh, just jack who i have to confess i've never heard of okay so this is this is a, a, a it's a funny story to share when it's involved in hostel radio and obviously on a hostel radio station when i was involved in hostel radio i presented a sports show for a while um funny story there that the guy who taught me um, how to present radio and do that sports show. Actually, then five years later, I taught him when he came back to pro <laughs> radio <laughs> with us. So that was funny. Um, so we presented a sports show. And I remember getting a phone call at one point saying, because uh, at the time I quite liked loads of new, new music, just Jack was out at the time. And I played this song, admittedly, and then got told off afterwards maybe it not being 100% appropriate for a hospital radio station. It made me laugh at the time a little bit. I know completely not. 100% appropriate but it still stays in my mind as one of those things of considering your audience and and thinking about the, what where the situations that they're in we're at the halfway stage nathan and your fifth choice is from al city yes it is um so when i joined bro radio um we had an interesting um we had an interesting playout system at the time which Unlike now, we have we kind of schedule the playlist and we choose the songs that we want presents to play, and there's a bit of flexibility. Um, back then, you could kind of play whatever you wanted. And when I started in 2009, this song, Owl City and Fireflies, was kind of everywhere. Every radio station was playing it, and so were we heavily. So much so that I kind of 
fell massively out of love with the song because everyone was playing it so much. Um, and more recently, we started playing it again because I love that song. It just it kind of is that one song that sticks in my head really um, of, of being there when I first started and one of the first songs I remember playing on Bro Radio back in, in 2009. You would not believe your eyes if 10 million fireflies lit up the world as I fell asleep. You're listening to another edition of Radio Glamorgan's Music Was My First Love with broadcaster and executive Nathan Spackman choosing 10 of his favourite tracks. song Florence the Machine You've Got the Love it was playing on the radio and around the time I kind of left college um, so I left school went to college whilst kind of doing the Rockwood Sound stuff and, and being in uh, being in uh, the job and then coming to Bro Radio and college didn't go that great I went in with one career path and decided to go a slightly different way and decided it wasn't really working out for me and that's when I decided to leave and focus on radio and look at other opportunities it's just one song I remember playing on the radio myself, but also hearing quite a lot. And just it's kind of a positive, uplifting song, really. Community radio plays a massively important role, doesn't it? It does, yeah. And I think it, it's it's an undervalued role a little bit, and an underappreciated role sometimes. Um, and we've seen it massively in the last couple of years. Um, radio stations like ours come into their own when it comes to things like snow and COVID. Mm-hmm. And, and now the cost of living crisis, um, it is about being a platform, being a, a, a voice, um, and also being a bit of a friend. Um, we've seen particularly in the last couple of years the number of people that contact us on a regular basis who are literally um, relying on us to keep them in company every single day. They're the only person the only person they hear from on a daily basis can be Bro Radio, their local community radio mm. station. And there are hundreds of us doing that across the country, um, just being there as a friend, keeping people up to date. And, and more so now, um, we're starting to see with the cost of living crisis and, and warm spaces becoming um, a normal thing, I guess, is that people are relying on places like us to say, if you're struggling today, if you need space, if you need company, if you need food or drink, this is the place you can go. And, and I don't think there's another medium really that can offer that kind of service. No. If you're if, if you're struggling um, financially, you might not be on social media, you might not be seeing stuff on the internet, but most people have a radio um, They've got it in the car, they've got it at home, they've got a way to access the radio, hopefully. And then we're kind of that um, that support mechanism and that platform to be able to promote what's going on in the community to help people out during these really difficult times. I think that's really, really key at the moment. Well, it's, it's interesting you, you talk about things like snow and, and going where it's warm, etc. Um, many, many years ago, before um, Real Radio, etc., you had CBC in Cardiff. And we were radio snobs in my family. My mum and dad listened to uh, Radio 2 and the rest of us Radio 1. But then sort of January uh, 1979, there was massive, thick, thick, heavy snowfall which stuck around for ages. And the only way we could, this is obviously pre-internet, the only way that we could find out if the schools were going to be open, etc., was through CBC. And, and that's when that station took off. So you know, listening to, to national radio isn't going to help you in the way that local radio is with information like that. No, and I fully appreciate where radio's gone nowadays. I completely understand why stations have uh, networked and taken things further away because it is about trying to make as much money and make things cost effective. Mm. But when it comes to those times of need, particularly like things like snow, um, 
when the last kind of big snowfall hit, it wasn't long after Real Radio became Heart and there was far less local programming. It was after the big local programming change, actually, um, where the breakfast shows are coming from London. And naturally, when schools are shut, people turn to local radio stations because that's what they expect. Mm. But when your breakfast show is coming from London, it's very difficult for you to be able to engage in that level. And you can have a two-minute news bulletin, but you can't mention every school. And that was that was missing. And that was one of the last, and COVID as well being the other, one of the last things that kind of gave us that big boost as a community station because people realised, you know what, this thing actually, it actually cares about what's going on around here um, and provides that service that others can't. So moving on uh, from that, in 2020, uh, while many organisations were contracting due to lockdown you reverse that trend by raising bro radio's profile and revenue as a local service that was not only continuing to connect with the community but actually expanding you more or less talked about how you went about this but was it a difficult task definitely however at that point we were in the pandemic everyone was from home there was nothing else to do um we as a station kind of buckled down really and just dug our heads in and got and did what we needed to do, spent more hours doing stuff from home, spent more hours writing for funding applications, speaking to people over Zoom and on calls like this, um, and and trying to access funding to be able to make sure we're there. Um, Particularly during that pandemic, straight away, there was a community in in the Vale called Lantern Major that's still there now, obviously, um, that had a really strong local newspaper. And that local newspaper disappeared during the pandemic and completely isolated that area. So it was why during the pandemic and in the first couple of months, we we worked as quickly as we could to find funding to be able to launch a transmitter that we'd already had approved for that area to be on air um, and distribute radios to local people in that area. So we were really lucky to work with a guy called uh, Danny, who runs a radio station in Essex uh, called Gateway, and um, access some funding through him and some support to be able to distribute radios to some of the most vulnerable people in those communities. Um, Lantua is an isolated community any day of the year. But when you're living in that community and your um, daughter or your niece or your nephew or someone else from your family can't come and see you, you're even more isolated. Um, So we worked with people like them uh, to give radios to isolated people and make sure we were available to them. Um, That worked so successfully, we were able to then continue that into Sinathan and Panath in in recent years as well and be able to continue that expansion to make sure that we're not just isolated to Barry as a town, but we're kind of there for everyone as much as possible. And as a result, uh, Bro Radio won Station of the Year at the 2020 National Community Awards. Nice to be rewarded for the effort, I guess. Yeah, it was. And actually, it was perfect timing, to be fair. Um, we were, what, it would be October, November of, of that year, the first year of the pandemic. And at that point, I think we were all a little bit tired. Everyone was, I think, in general, tired of all of it going on. Mm-hmm. And it was the big boost we needed to kind of keep pushing in, in 2021 then. Um, and it, I know it meant a lot to me personally, but also to our volunteers to be recognised in that way is is really, really important. I think in a sector that is reliant on volunteers, sometimes it's easy not to always say thank you. So those kind of things are quite a nice and easy, uh, uh, quite a nice way, sorry, to thank volunteers and to show that their work is being recognised and to spend that time as well mm-hmm. editing through all that audio and hearing all the things we'd done and putting that in um, was kind of, yeah, it was a, a big moment of pride. It was a shame that we had to kind of sit back and watch that virtually and couldn't celebrate together. Um, so we were all watching it together on Zoom um, and then, you know, celebrated later on but it was a nice kind of kickstart to keep us going into 2021 which again was another difficult year because of the covid pandemic 
Now then, uh, Nathan, uh, I don't know whether this is the reason you've chosen it, but a, a little bit of Gavin and Stacey. Uh, so why Stephen Fretwell's run? As a radio station based in the Vale of Morgan, we're based in Barry. A lot of people know Barry only for Gavin and Stacey. Um, it's something we talk about quite a lot because when we get students come to the area, they're like, oh, yeah, we know Barry. I know Barry. I know Barry Island because of Gavin and Stacey. Um, so it's something we don't tend to talk about. But back in uh, 2019 was, of course, the Gavin and Stacey Christmas special. And it was the first time I'd properly seen this town and this area get that huge buzz of Gavin and Stacey filming. Mm. Um, it was quite underground initially when it was starting to film around here. So it was kind of just, it just happened and no one really thought much of it. But around the time in May of that year in 2019, when they filmed in Barry, the buzz that was around the town was just, there's no way to really describe it. Um, and it was just a brilliant buzz for the town and seeing it on TV was even better. But that Christmas, we actually uh, hosted the Christmas light switch-ons in Barry. Um, and that year, um, Ruth, Jones came as Nessa to host the Christmas light switch-ons. Um, so with myself and my colleague Patrick from the radio station hosting on stage with Nessa in character, ultimately. Brilliant. And it was one of the most bizarre experiences <laughs> of my life, having a conversation with someone you'd watched on TV that knew was just an actress, but was fully in character. Right. Um, she took the mick ever so slightly, um, but it was really good fun. And, and obviously... As much as we say there's much more to Barry and much more to the Vale than Gavin and Stacey, it's still such a huge part of yeah. this radio station and, and the town and even tourism to this day is so so reliant on Gavin and Stacey and that love for what is a brilliant sitcom. Now, uh, 2021, uh, you personally were honoured at the Community Radio Awards, not only for your achievement at Bro, but also for your involvement in forming the UK Community Radio Network and Welsh Community Radio Network. Explain what these two organis organisations are and what they do. Yeah, so both are very similar, really. Um, UK Community Radio Network came about by accident a little bit um during the start of the pandemic there were many managers like me at community radio stations across the country who were suddenly thrown to working from home not having a team of people or volunteers around them and didn't really know what to do um so initially it became me and a couple of colleagues from different stations around the country just saying let's just invite everyone to a zoom once a week and we can just chat through things and just see if we can help each other so it kind of became that a bit of a a support network, but also a bit of there of uh, as, uh, uh, a mental health group to check in on people, check everyone was okay, and be able to offer the support where possible. Um, and that grew, and that was quite successful. We ran a couple of campaigns to kind of make sure community radio was at the forefront, um, including one called Support Community Radio, where around 100 radio stations played uh, the Beatles, All You Need Is Love. We did a nice little video for social media um, with a load of people kind of miming in the video and stuff um, from their home studios. That got trended on social media at the time that Joe Wicks was doing his stuff at home, so we trended higher than him on social media. And then it kind of showed to us, well, actually, maybe this, this group could become something a little bit more. Um, so we started arranging meetings with Ofcom and DCMS and, and using the platform that had been created from the pandemic and those people coming together and sharing ideas 
to form as a CIC. Um, officially, that happened back in 2021. Um, and since then, it's turned into a, a, week, a monthly meeting of managers of community radio network, or community radio station, sorry, um, a quarterly magazine. And then so far, we've run two conferences, bringing together around 100 people from community radio stations across the country to learn and share ideas and kind of support each other in the growth of this sector. Um, there are 350 community radio stations on air. That's before small-scale DAB even grows it further. They are doing brilliant things in their community, but a lot of the time it goes unrecognized. And we're trying to make sure that people in government and people in Ofcom and the rest know how important community radio is to communities and that they hear about the great work that's happening right across the country, not just once a year when it comes to a conference or awards, but all year round. And are they listening? They're starting to listen. And we have really good relationships with Ofcom and DCMS now and have good regular conversations. And they are starting to listen. Um, there are still a lot of challenges that community radio faces um, where we talked already about local radio changing and stations moving away from areas. Um, and not all government or, or uh, bodies see community radio as a, there's the right way to target communities. Um, so we're trying to change that as much as possible and show people actually if it can work for a local advertiser on a high street in Barrie or a high street in Edinburgh or anywhere else in the country, it can work to get meshing out around COVID or the cost of living crisis or um, or even looking like the police now looking for to recruit new police officers. Community radio is a great way to access a different type of person than you would via commercial radio. Mm. So they are starting to listen. Um, they're starting to engage and hopefully the future of the sector is bright. Um, it still faces its own challenges. The cost of living is one that we're having lots of conversations about now. Um, fuel prices increasing, cost of rent in studios and the rest, and, and even volunteer expenses of fuel are becoming more of a challenge for stations. Um, but I certainly see a bright future once we get through this. I don't wish to be rude, but who or what on earth is Dominic the donkey? <laughs> okay, so... One person I didn't mention when I mentioned my love of radio is is Chris Moyles. Um, I, I loved listening to the Chris Moyles show on Radio 1. I kind of grew up around that program. And it was a thing every Christmas about playing the song Dominic the Donkey as a bit of a joke. Um, and nowadays it's become a bit funnier for me, I suppose, because um, as well as doing stuff with uh, Bro Radio, I also volunteer for, uh, also a member of Barry Roundtable, currently it's vice chair. And every Christmas we do uh, a charity float to the Santa sleigh. Um, this Christmas now, as we're in the middle of it, it, is 50 years of the Santa sleigh. And we go out every single night um, spreading Christmas cheer and raising money for good causes. And it's always kind of been a joke where I'm, as the radio person left with the playlist, I guess, um, that goes out and this goes down on the streets as you're driving down the streets to make people come out. And it's just one of those songs that's kind of just slipped in there occasionally um, and kind of winds everyone else up a little bit. So I kind of find it a little bit funny for myself. It reminds me of kind of hmm. the Chris Moore's days, but also just makes me smile when it kind of just secretly appears on the playlist during the sleigh nights and annoys everyone else that's there. Hey, Dominic! What another Bro Radio's Nathan Spatman is my guest on this edition of Radio Glamorgan's Music Was My First Love. You've been listed by the Radio Academy as one of the people in radio in their 30 under 30 list. 
And according to the Academy, uh, every year we unveil a list of 30 people under the age of 30 who have shown exceptional tenacity, talent, and a proven trajectory in radio and audio. They are people who we think will lead our industry into a bright and bold future, demonstrating passion, skill, and an understanding of the medium that shows they have the future in their sights. A massive honour to be on the list, but also I would have thought because it's led by that set of criteria. Yeah, definitely. Um, it was a bit of a surprise. It was my 29th year, so I suppose uh, yeah. a, a final opportunity to win yeah. this before turning 30. Um, and yeah, it was a huge honour. Um, and it's, it's opened up lots of opportunities as well and conversations. And I suppose a, a lot in, in the radio industry is, is the recognition that you don't always get. A lot of people in radio... Um, kind of don't get that recognition i think it's a thing as well of me as a, as a radio manager i've always kind of put when it comes to awards and all these kind of things put everyone else in the team first mm. so the fact that this and and even the computer radio honor as well mentioned before were kind of put in by people peers and people friends and colleagues um, means so much more as a broadcaster one of your uh, early shows was unsigned and independent you've been a huge supporter of new and local talent haven't you yeah sometimes forget about that program it feels like a lifetime ago now um so yeah it was one of those things that i always felt at that point radio was starting to change and there weren't many opportunities for local artists at the time um so we're starting to see through events there was a lot of people making music in in the vale of Glamorgan and even across the wider south wars area there weren't many places for them to gig but there weren't many places for them to actually get that sense of pride and achievement of having it played on the radio so when i first came to bro um i remember on its uh, first birthday actually there was an event and there was a schedule on the wall and i said to the then station manager no there's a gap there can i have that can i do something with that gap now what about some local music some rock music some indie music maybe um no, no one's doing anything like that on the station at the minute no one's really doing anything like that in the area there's any kind of radio wheels doing a little bit of it and other radio stations kind of started to pull that kind of program in so that's when it kind of all started for me um, and meant I got to chat to local bands. And it was actually a really good place to kind of understand the type of content that I liked and wanted to create. Um, that's where I kind of realized that chatting to people and having conversations was something I really enjoyed. I liked kind of digging into people's lives and find out more about their story and how they came to kind of writing songs and the creative process. And then over the years following, that show developed to kind of have two hours every single week promoting unsigned music. Um, and I kept doing that then until the sales side of things really took over at Bro. Um, and then I passed her on to a colleague who's um, various people over the years kind of remained doing that program. And even to this day, we still try at Bro to champion local music as much as possible. We do a weekly feature called Local Artist of the Week, where we'll pick a new release from a local artist from largely the Vale of Glamorgan, but sometimes the wire South Wales area, to play as many times as we can over the week and to champion that new music. And I think even this many years down the line, it's great to see that there are so many artists still creating really great music and hopefully trying to find platforms like us and mm. like stations like GTFM and others to kind of shout about that amazing work because there is still something, although you can have it on Spotify and all your friends can stream it, there is still something quite nice, I think, about hearing something you've created on the radio. And you're also a supporter of broadcasters because a number of students who trained in news at Bro have gone on to work for BBC Wales. Yeah, they have. Um, I've been really proud of that, and I think news is something we've really kind of focused on at Bro um, over the last couple of years because I see that as the, the gap 
in the market for us to make a stamp of what we do and how we do local news. Um, so a number of people, um, particularly during the pandemic, have kind of come to Bro Radio to work remotely or with us in our studios because other media organizations weren't offering opportunities to do so. Um, so they weren't there offering opportunities for people to come in and do work placements. So we kind of opened the doors a little bit to a lot of students from the University of South Wales who came our way. And there were some real shining stars from that who've gone on, like you mentioned, to the BBC. Um, Dan Moffat is a, is a good friend and is a producer at Radio Wales now. He came and hosted some stuff at our conference of the UK Community Radio Network a couple of weeks ago as well and has got a really bright future ahead of him. Um, there are people like Olivia Grist who presented um, Breakfast News for me for a very long period, um, getting up before going to a normal day job, basically record news bulletins and is now there. Uh, people like Emily Price as well at BBC. And then also um, Jordan, who's at um, Capital and Global in Cardiff Bay, have uh, all gone on and just used that experience to um, build a portfolio of, of ideas and of, of audio and, and various things that have helped them progress in their career. And I think that's a really important thing with community radio now and something probably we need to shout about more as a sector is how it's a great platform to come in and similarly to earlier, say yes to every opportunity, do as much as you can, and it helps you kind of understand where you fit best, what you love, and where you want to go in terms of your career. Two Welsh greats uh, next, and, and quite a big winning combination, actually, Tom Jones and Stereophonics. Yeah, and this kind of ties onto the local music bit a yeah. little bit. Um, so... I love local music, uh, particularly that gig, seeing them at the Principality Stadium earlier in the year. There was a local band from Barry that kick-started that night as well, Buzzard, 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 who are brilliant. Um, and, yeah, I've gone and seen the Stereophonics a couple of times live, but when the opportunity came up earlier this year to see the Stereophonics, and actually it was last year, I suppose, initially, um, the Stereophonics and Tom Jones, it was something I couldn't really say no to. It was one of those things of, well, at least I can say I saw Tom Jones live once. Mm. Um, and seeing these two come on stage with Sarah Fonis and Tom Jones and perform this song was something I'm kind of always going to remember. Mama told me not to come Mama told me not to come She said That ain't the way to have fun Tell us, Nathan, uh, about your final choice on music was my first love from the brilliant Bruno Mars. So I thought, that usually with these things, everyone picks songs from their career, and I thought, well, I could do one soppy maybe to round it up a little bit. Um, and probably something I don't shout about enough. Um, my wife, Natalie, is extremely supportive um, with the stuff I mentioned earlier on, with the Santa Sleigh and the conference and the radio station. Anyone who knows who works in radio or in the third sector kind of consumes your life quite a lot um, and particularly this month as well um, I get very few days or evenings left at home because of working and going out on the Santa sleigh uh, a couple of weeks ago being away for the conference um, and this was kind of the song that was our first dance at our wedding back uh, six years ago now and if I got that wrong then I'm getting into trouble but <laughs> still the center it's still the right you know um, but yeah this was our wedding song back then um, she's been massively supportive and put up with um, our dining room table being taken over during the pandemic and a house being an absolute state during all that when pretty much moved a radio station in. Um, so, yeah, I thought it was a nice way to kind of wrap up with this song. As you look back uh, over what has been a relatively short career, is there one thing that you're most proud of to date? That's a good question. Um, I think because of the hard work that went in from me and the, and the team around me during the pandemic I, I do think that station of the year uh winning that in 2020 
was kind of that key moment. Um, the, the award still sits behind me, or a copy of the award still sits behind me on the shelf now. Um, and it's one of those things I kind of look back on, and sometimes it, it, it's kind of quite nice, really, to think back and look at it. Uh, and, yeah, that's one of those key moments. Um, and I suppose, again, the, the 2021 honours, the fact that that and the Radio Academy stuff came off the back of colleagues um, putting me forward for that, they're all quite proud moments. But kind of sit here today and kind of particularly because we're at the end of the year now so you kind of reflect back on the year and kind of mm. look ahead i'm still looking ahead quite positively um say it's a short career but 13 years feels like well it's a, it's a fair chunk of my life anyway at this age um and i still feel really positive about what's still to come in in 2023 and in the next couple of years as well Final question uh, is, you, you touched on this also slightly earlier on, uh, is independent radio uh, such as community and hospital radio in good shape for the future? I think so. I'm, yeah, I'm confident. And I think, pre- I know there's a lot of conversations about radio is dying. We hear this every five years, maybe more so. Mm-hmm. Um, radio listening isn't dying. It's still the same. People are listening less to radio because there are more opportunity there are options and more things to choose like spotify and podcasts and and everything else around you um but radio is still there it's still consistent it still matters to people it's still a huge lifeline to to volunteers to feel part of their community to um feel like they have a place to also improve their mental health but also to support people in communities Um, as much as radio as a whole is changing there are still people that want to feel connected to others on a daily basis and feel like they can relate to that person so i think hostile radio community radio internet radio has got a strong future small scale dab which is now hearing in cardiff has a huge kind of role to play in in community radio and and radio and small scale radio playing a huge part in the future as things go more and more digital so i think the future is strong and i'm kind of excited really to see where radio goes in the next couple of years and you'll continue to be a part of that future yes I, yeah i didn't feel so, feel so comfortable but yes I'm, <laughs> I'm looking forward to the years ahead and the challenges that we face there are there are always challenges um particularly when you work in a, a small organization with a small team in the third sector however yeah i'm still here still going and looking forward to the future. Cheers, Nathan. Thanks. listening to Music Was My First Love on Radio Glamorgan, where radio executive Nathan Spackman has been choosing 10 of his favourite songs. I'm Andrew Wolfe, and join me again soon when someone else chooses 10 of their favourite tracks on another edition of Music Was My First Love. Music of the future